Hello and welcome to Adventures with ADHD, where I shine the spotlight on fabulous ADHDers and they tell us their stories, they give us tips and they inspire us. So thank you so much for coming. Today I have Luna Rose. Hi Luna, how are you doing? Good, a little bit nervous, I've not been interviewed before. Right, well, well, well done. Just take it easy, it's a conversation, okay? Hi. So... Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us um, a little bit about where you're from and what it is you do? Um, yeah, I'm from uh, Darkers, Norfolk, uh, middle of nowhere near Norwich. Um, I do lots of things because I have ADHD, but they're all fitnessy. So I'm a personal trainer, a yoga teacher, Pilates teacher, aerobics instructor, and I'm trained to teach pretty much any fitness class except for dancing and aquafit because I just don't. <laughs> Is that because you don't like them or? Um, yeah, there's there's a line. I, I, can't, I can't dance. I have actually tried. So I've everything else is within my 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 capabilities. But yeah, dancing and aquafit, no. Fair enough. Well, the, the stuff you do sounds amazing. And I am following you on Facebook. And I do, I must say, I do pick up a lot of tips and, and inspiration. And I've you know, the yoga, the Pilates, the personal training. And it's, like you say, ADHD, a lot of things. And, um, yeah, playing to your strengths, no doubt. So great. So what got you interested in all of these things? Um, my ADHD, to be honest. So I, over the years, I've kind of gone in and out of exercise. But one day, when I was approaching 35, Suddenly, I was going to my regular aerobics class that I was addicted to, and this voice in my head kept going, you've got to do it now, or it's going to be too late. Um, and then, basically, I signed up for the literally the hardest fitness course I could possibly do at the age of 35, which was um, Les Mills Body Attack. If anyone knows Les Mills, it's a hard class. And then within five years, I had qualified in most of the Les Mills classes. I was teaching 25 <laughs> classes a week. Um, and then I did the personal training and the yoga and Pilates as effectively my retirement plan. Because as I was 35, I thought, well, you can't really teach uh, 25 aerobics classes a week forever, which I've demonstrated because it gave me burnout. Um, but that is so the ADHD likes to exercise. If my ADHD doesn't get sufficient exercise, for example, during lockdown, then it, uh, it, it attacks me. <laughs> and I can't function wow so it really helps you function then um so I there's there's a meme that you see doing the rounds on Facebook now and again that says I exercise to burn off the crazy and that that that's it essentially yes so I thought if you're going to have to do excessive amounts of exercise to keep yourself sane you might as well be paid for it <laughs> absolutely yeah Previously to that, I was I had unwisely been persuaded that chartered accountancy was the career for me, but it, it turned out it really wasn't. Okay, so is accountancy what you did before? Yes, I, I I did both briefly. So um, I was an accountant for like twenty years. I was still an accountant when I did the fitness training. Um, it went. It I, I had jobs alongside doing the fitness classes, and then. I kind of became unemployable um, and I ended up setting up my own accountancy firm specializing in accountancy for fitness instructors like myself. And I quickly 
um, worked out that most of them had ADHD as well. So I was effectively an accountant for other people with ADHD, which was quite kind of stressful. <laughs> right. Wow. But there are people that do that really, really well. Um, and it was okay for a while, but my heart wasn't really in it. I Jumping around like a maniac is more what I enjoy. Yeah, amazing. So what's what's different for you now? You're doing a, a career, a business that is more in tune with you. So my my health is really really improving so i i got severe burnout it wasn't really from the fitness classes it was from doing the fitness classes plus running my other company as well and just being generally very stressed since uh the burnout basically screwed up my business so it's it was a relief to only and i'm like i'm gonna go back and i'm just gonna do what i like doing i'm 45 now i'm i'm sick of doing what other people tell me so I now have I'm sat in my uh yoga studio that I rent so it's a yoga and personal training studio in my local town and I've it's not very tidy because the ADHD but it's absolutely lovely space and I just come in here and I just feel happy and warm and stress is is disappearing day by day and so I probably um, still got a few injuries so I can't do too much cardio but um I I'm probably in the best health I've ever been in. Wow. It's been, I've always been a very stressed person. Right. I, I have autism and ADHD and I didn't find this out until I was 40, 40, 41. So there was a lot of stress there from hiding my real self, I guess. Yeah. So do you, do you feel like you're now becoming your real self doing all this stuff? Yes. So, um, particularly because so Luna is not my birth name I changed my name to Luna to mark my new start in life so yeah I was sort of reborn almost you might say wow and yeah it, it's so important to do what what suits you and what would you say to somebody else that's in a similar position to you before in a job that was stressing them out don't leave it so long that it makes you really ill mm. because it's if it's if you're it's that thing where you think if I can just get through the next week that'll be okay if I can just get through the next month it'll be okay and then it never is and then it just the stress just weighs down on you and I wish I had the confidence to go and do what I wanted to do when I was still you know earning money and still functioning rather than having to wait until I was burnt out and broke and then thought I'd still rather be burnt out and broke than go back to that. I wish I'd had the confidence to suck it all off a lot earlier, really, to be honest, because you will, you will get through it. It's going to be a bit rubbish, but the light is at the end of the tunnel. So I enjoy going into work now. I enjoy, you know, mm. I don't cringe every time my phone rings or have a phone with my emails anymore like I had in the end. So, yeah. That's that's a massive change. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so in terms of Pilates, yoga, you know, all these lovely things, how do they help you? I know you said the cardio helps your ADHD. What about the other stuff? Yes. Yeah, so the yoga and Pilates. So effectively, I. Because I have been undiagnosed my whole life and so I didn't receive appropriate interventions at the right time my 
part of the reason I ended up with burnout is my body was completely wonky from untreated dyspraxia and things like that. So that was part of the reason I, although I enjoy teaching the high energy fitness classes, I was always injured more than other people. And it was just like, why doesn't my, why doesn't my arms work the same as someone else's and stuff? Um, so again, after being forced to do, I couldn't do anything except yoga and Pilates. They've really helped me to treat these underlying kind of dyspraxia things. I was kind of all twisted up in the middle and wonky and stuff. It's taken me the best part of three years to unpick this. And I'm now, even every day I wake up and it's like, oh, my pelvis has moved into a more comfortable position and things like that. Um, so it's, I'm rebuilt. I'm literally rebuilding myself like a pilot woman. <laughs> um, yeah. And so when I am then ready to go back to jumping around like a lunatic for more hours a week than I currently am, I'll be doing it on a much more stable base of support. It's been great for my mental health because it turns out that that thing where they say that stress gets stuck in your body is true. So the more stressed you get, the more tightness and knots in your back and stuff. So it's really helped with that. Um, and so the ADHD symptoms are generally a lot more under control if I can persuade myself to do. So I've, I recently started making myself do yoga in the garden every morning, by which I mean just go out and stand on the grass in bare feet. And if I do that, that's a success. And if I move, then bonus. And wow. just making myself do that has... And like, I could have told someone else to do that and say that will really work for you and then not do it myself. But now I'm like practicing yoga as well as teaching it. Whereas before I was kind of more teaching other people to do it and then not following my own advice. <laughs> and what difference does that make to your day going out in the morning, putting your bare feet on the ground? Um, I've been, so what they, what the yoga people say, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm no yoga guru. Um, but getting your feet on the grass kind of recharges your electromagnetic field or it rebalances your energy or something like that. So it just, I think it just calms the brain and the body because obviously, you know, humans are animals. They they should be in a natural environment. So your body body likes it when you stand barefoot on the grass because it's, it's healing and energizing. Same as paddling your feet in the sea, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, great. And it's really kind of, quite simple you know I love the simplicity of it you you make yourself do that and then mm. if you move it's a bonus rather than setting up I'm going to do a whole 20 minute routine ah. yeah so I used to be like that so um I I went to one of those schools that um encourages toxic perfectionism so nothing is ever good enough for me um and so because I'm like I ran a half marathon, for example, and I was annoyed that I was a little bit slower than I wanted to be or, you know, things like that. And it's like, well, most people can't run a half marathon. So could you not be pleased and just not annoyed that you were two minutes slower than you wanted to be for some serious reason? So I'm now trying to take that away because basically I think I have a PDA profile of autism um, and my demand avoidance turns internal. So yeah. But, uh, yesterday we'll go right tomorrow we're going to run a marathon and then I wake up this morning I don't want to <laughs> so I'm setting like achievable goals because I can't no one can turn around and say I literally can't go outside for 30 seconds and put my feet on the grass <laughs> <laughs> yeah great and uh, thank you again thank you for sharing because there'll be so many people that are thinking you know I've got to do a marathon I've got to do a, a whole workout but it's really starting just being kind to yourself and making it achievable isn't it and it has to 
you don't want to put yourself off because I've put mm. myself so I put myself through really hard things and then I'm like I don't want to ever do that again mm. whereas if you build up and when I used to run what I used to do is I'd say to myself right I did little circular routes from where I live around the little lanes live out in the countryside so it's quite safe to run on the roads as long as you've got not you know blocking out the cars um and I'd set I'd choose a route that was about two miles and then I'd have little add-on bits so I was never more than like a mile from home at any time but I was running around different roads in different directions so I always gave myself an out so I wasn't suddenly five miles from home and then decide I don't want to do any more miles and I always ran a lot further doing it that way than if I was like I'm going to go out for an eight mile run yeah <laughs> yeah so it's really working with your your brain and finding out what works for for it I think the autism and the ADHD it's like having two separate personalities almost so it's like the autism is like I just want to stay under my weighted blanket and watch the tv and then the ADHD starts getting antsy and then they like argue with each other <laughs> I have this yeah I have the same conversation so much with this this inner conflict and argument with autism and ADHD so it's great when you find ways to help them work together. <laughs> yes, have a little team meeting. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we can do this together. Yeah, yes. it is. It's kind of that approach, isn't it? That kind of kind and compassionate approach. Yeah, I, I'm basically I think I feel I think this is I'm basically reparenting myself. I think that's what this is called, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed you've got a ladybird lanyard. Can you tell us what? Oh, it's a sunflower lanyard. Yes. Yes. Sunflower. And, and it comes with a lovely, a lovely badge that says I am autistic. So you can get these for a range of disabilities and you can also get them to say different things. So obviously this is, what's it, which way around is it? Identity first language. But if you preferred it to say, I have autism, which some people do, then you can have it saying it that way. So they've covered all bases basically, but this basically just alerts people that know that I have some kind of hidden disability. Um, and I've been calling it my magic badge that just makes people nicer. Um, yeah. Because effectively, if you have a thing around your neck that says I am disabled, people will be kinder to you because they will not immediately jump to assuming that you're being rude because of your tone of voice because I have I have quite a monotone voice and I come across as quite aggressive sometimes um particularly when I'm like anxious so people mistake my anxiety for aggression and then since having this you know I have had to deal with a little bit of people kind of um talking to me like I'm five years old occasionally but mostly it's like oh right yes and then it often sparks a conversation with another person um, I'm neurodivergent or my, my child has ADHD or is autistic or whatever. So it's, it's a conversation starter as well. Um, but I just wear it everywhere, essentially, because I had I was working as a personal trainer at a, a gym, um, the University Sports Park in Norwich, which is absolutely enormous, very bright lights, lots of noise. And I had an incident of sensory overload. And when I have sensory overload, it's like being drunk and start to like lose the ability to speak in coherent sentences. Yeah. So like my brain will be still there, but I can't express it. Right. And so after that happened, I had I started carrying a little note around with me who <laughs> said medical information on it. And I wrote this on here and I wrote, hello, my name is Luna. If I have given you this card, it means I need your help. 
I have autism and ADHD. And when my brain goes into sensory overload, I can't speak as well as usual. Brackets, I normally speak just fine. And it goes on. And it basically says, sit me, I'm perfectly intelligent. I just don't see me at the moment. Sit me down in a quiet room um, and wait for me to calm down. Um, and then after that, I thought, well, I, if I get the badge as well. Um, so you don't have to have a diagnosis to get this. So it's just like they, they give them to everyone at airports now. If you say you want passenger assistance at an airport, they just stick one of these on you. So they're quite well known now. Oh, amazing. Yeah. I I was thinking of getting one for the supermarket, which is a, a bit of a trigger for me. But, it's um, also brilliant because you see other other wearers walking around and, you know, motorcyclists always like nod to each other. It's sort of like that. I was, oh, hello, you've got one as well. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for sharing again. Um, so what what tips have you got for for people that her want to get moving want to exercise but just can't find can't get started so it's like what we discussed earlier that just pick one very very easy thing so it's all about steps in the right direction so each time you step out onto the grass put your feet on the grass that's literally a step in the right direction um, so if you pick, pick one thing so don't 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 have a negative goal pick one thing so for example every day do one really good squat mm. and you set yourself a goal you get up every morning and you do one squat that's all you have to do is your bare minimum is one squat a squat is getting up and down off a chair you could make it getting up and down off a chair but properly yeah as a squat. and then if that's my goal for the day i've done one and then hopefully in fullness of time i'll be like oh maybe i could do two really <laughs> and then you just build it up like that so it's like what's it called that's like little might one percent gains that's how they win the olympics one percent better every day amazing and i must i must tell you actually luna when because i've seen you on facebook talking about the one squat and i've Ooh. been doing um combining it with picking my dog's ball up yeah with the squat so kind of like i've literally i did 10 but that i have built up i was doing one so you're yeah it's such good advice and you can sneak the squats into the day so every time you get up and down from a chair it's a squat so if you just every time you're going to get up or get down if you just say to yourself i'm going to do this properly you're moving anyway so you're not making it more effort for yourself and just like just make sure that your joints are lined up and sitting nice and tall core is switched on and then over the course of the day, every time you get up and down, you're having a workout. Whereas if you just kind of like mm, pull yourself out of the chair, I can't be bothered. Yeah. Then your body learns that that's how you move. So what what you do in a fitness class is great. But if you then, so we come out of Pilates in good posture and literally I watch the whole class. Immediately they get outside the door, suddenly crunch themselves back down and walk out to the door chatting to their mate, like in bad posture again, because they can't. It's a thing they do in the class. Yeah. Class is over and they then it switches off. Um, whereas what you're really supposed to do with Pilates is Pilates is meant to become how you move. Every time you move, it can be Pilates. So I'm oh, sorry, am I running on too much? Is my no, no, honestly, it's really, <laughs> really good stuff. Really so good. People, people who've got wonky knees and stuff. So obviously, um, uh, neurodivergent people tend to have hypermobility which makes this stuff worse because if your joint has got more movement in it and you're pushing it too far all of the time. So it's just like every movement is mindful. So um, I've got this lovely ergonomic chair here, which was provided mm -hmm. by access to work. 
and it's fully supporting my whole spine here. Yeah, okay. Um, and a lot of my trouble was I would previously be working on a laptop when I was an accountant and I'd be crunched over like this and I'm hypermobile, I'm dyspraxic and I'd be spending out and low body awareness. So I'd be spending hours a day like this. Mm. Uh, and my poor mother had been a secretary all of her life and this was before they knew about desk setups and stuff. And she's like very, very bent over. So, Gosh, brilliant. Well, thank you. Um, where can people find you? Do you do online and in person? What's you yeah, so I mostly do online at the moment. So I have got my lovely yoga studio in Deerham, but basically all of all of the people that I hang around with online tend to be neurodivergent. Um, the way I work is um, have a 30 minute chat to see if we're a good fit to work together because you have to be the right person and you can you can tell pretty much straight up. Then one session, one paid session because people have demand avoidance and they bottle it. So they first we have one and then you decide and then it's four after that. And then again, you decide again. So no one is tied in for a long time. Every four weeks or up to six weeks sometimes, they, they you decide whether you're going to keep me on because I don't want this thing. I don't want this thing where you have to awkwardly dump me because my goal is to train people not to need my services. So the sooner they don't need me, the better, which is a terrible business model. So I'm always looking for new clients because as soon as my clients don't need me, off they go into the wild. Um, the best place to find me. So my Luna Rose Autistic Personal Trainer Facebook page and the app for that, it's at Luna Rose Coach, but it's Luna Rose Autistic Personal Trainer. And I do have a yoga and Pilates page as well, but that's my local one. So I'll just give you the online one for now. Brilliant. And we'll, we'll include that when this this episode goes out so people can can get in touch and book you, you in and get moving thank you so much luna thank you for sharing it's been lovely having you on i've really enjoyed it thank you very much you were you were very reassuring <laughs> was thank it like being grilled by jeremy paxman or something which i half wondered <laughs> okay